Great. Hello and welcome to the new Everything Flows Glasgow podcast. It's going to be another teenage fan club fan club uh, podcast. And um, this time we're going to be talking about the, the man-made album from 2005. And uh, thanks again to, to Barry McCluskey and Alan Clark for joining me last time we, we talked about we basically curated a compilation album. Uh, this time we're going to be talking about an album that we, we talked about quite a lot last time, so we thought it'd be a, a good follow-on. And yeah, Barry, you, we'd be blown, we'd both been listening to Man Made quite a bit before the last podcast. Definitely, definitely. It, it just coincidence, I think it wasn't it, that we had uh, both been kind of listening to it and, and we are just kind of chatting as well. And there was like three songs from that kind of compilation that we put together in the last podcast that we, we'd chosen, you know, like three songs from. Man made, so it seemed appropriate, you know, to kind of delve in a little bit and give it a, a little bit of a bit, little bit of love and a bit of praise, I guess, you know. Definitely, yeah, no, good. And uh, Alan, I think you chose two of the songs. You chose um, "It's All in My Mind" and uh, "Only with You." Yeah, I mean, I think um, well, obviously, the idea of the last podcast was to come up with a new compilation album, and I suppose "Man Made" was the first album after that. You know, after Teenage Fan Club's compilation yeah. album came out, so right. it was the first of a new post-creation sort of Sony era, um, and uh, it was you know my Norman selection was the first song on the album. It's all in my mind, you know. Um, I was swithering with other another song, but it's just it was such such a good song. And it's the whole album's fantastic, you know. It's it's a it's, it's a real statement of intent for the band, you know, and their, their first sort of own label release. So, yeah, yeah and, and, and they kind of decamped to, to Chicago to record it with, with John McIntyre um, from, from Tortoise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that seems to have brought a, I guess, it, maybe they upped their game a little bit, working with him in a different environment or they used different equipment. So it was just, they, they had to work maybe differently than they were used to. I, I think so as well. I, I think the fact that you know, uh, you know, they kind of travelled across here and they had like, um, you know, sort of no equipment. Maybe like one guitar and just picked up whatever was in the, uh, uh, the, the, is it Soma studio, Soma, uh, yeah. studio that you know in Chicago. Um, and, and I think it's a, it's a really bold move, I guess, to move away from a major and have your first album uh, on your label. And then you know record it in such a, a different way, or have a different approach to it, you know, which is uh, really brave when you think about it, you know. And just to go across there with a, a pocket full of songs and see what see what happens, you know. Yeah, but it seems to have brought the best out of them, and certainly it's all in my mind's an unbelievable opener. Mm. Uh, came out yeah. as a, a single as well. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we, we talked quite a lot about it's all in my mind, you know, in the uh, you know the last podcast as well, and about it, you know. Um, you know, you know the, the kind of strange kind of psychedelic lyrics that Alan was, you know, kind of talking about as well. But it's it, it's a great it's a great track, you know, with a kind of double tracked, you know, kind of Norman Norman's vocals and things like that as well. You know, it's it's just it's so simple, but you know, kind of so kind of I don't know. I, I guess a word that I kind of thought of an awful lot when I was listening to it. It's a really mature record, you know. Um, you know, all, yeah. all songs have got this lovely kind of you know kind of really seasoned kind of songwriter approach to it. But there's also like a little bit of an edge of working with a different producer. But you know, I think oh, it's all annoying. I mean, what what an opener, you know? Yeah. It's quite interesting. It's interesting because it was actually, if you think about it, it was the first. That was the very first song. Well, was, I'm sure it's not the first one they recorded, but it's the first. It was the first song of the band featuring Francis on drums as well. Yeah, it's a very drum-driven track. 
that's I mean that song is all about the drums. Do you know what I mean? You know, really, mm. the guitars are relatively low in the mix, and it's all about the drums. You know, and having yeah. you know having gone from Paul Quinn in the previous albums, yeah. and then then Francis then drumming. Francis returns, yeah. Um, and you're right, the guitars are they're kind of driving the rhythm, but the drums are are, are crucial. And then Raymond's guitar solo kind of goes off. And it, it really goes off, you know. It's you know, it's it's, it's absolutely brilliant. The sound he gets out, he's good. It's interesting because I was watching a wee video of um, Time Stops earlier on today, and it was on playing it live. And uh, Francis is sporting a, a fine head of hair and some facial hair as well on that video because he's always so clean cut, you know. And, but actually, I, I actually I, I saw them live. I think you all saw them live during that, but I don't remember them actually being. Having a shaggy hairdo, but he certainly no. did in the, the video. He's, so he's usually yeah. pretty clean cut. It would take him years to grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on the album, the, the you know the insert for the album, it's like them you know sort of like on uh, the, you know the streets of Chicago and, and Francis. You need to kind of do a little bit of a double take, you know, and you think, hey, is that Francis? Because he's got a little bit of a goatee and he's you know kind of uh, he looks a bit different, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Looks as though he could be doing a good wash as well. You know what I mean? It just <laughs> Yeah. Maybe they got the maybe they got the boat to maybe they got the boat to America. You know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> didn't yeah. fly. Steerage class, not in the majors anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you, you mentioned time stops, uh, which is the, the second uh, song in the album. You know, J- Jerry love song, and um, it, it's got. A, I mean, again, the drums in that are, are, are actually quite crucial. And you talked again in the last podcast, Alan, about kind of you know Jerry's love of soul coming through and, and some. Mm. It comes through in that. It's quite. It's got a definite mm, four on the floor. Yeah. yeah, hasn't it? You know, um, time stops. Yeah, it's definitely that kind of that beating, driving rhythm, as they say. That. Uh, yeah. And Jerry, what Jerry Lovett is kind of romantic best. Like time stops when you find that feeling. I was going to say that there's like a kind of theme that starts for me with. There's a kind of motif. Well, not a motif. That's not the wrong word again. But there's a sound. That kind of starts with time stop, that which is kind of prevalent throughout the album. That's that kind of undercurrent of kind of fuzzy guitar and Raymond doing like I assume it's Raymond like uh, Raymond solos or little kind of guitar pieces. It sounds as though they're done by a slide, you know, and really a real kind of vibrato kind of sound to it. And I don't know whether that's something that John McIntyre can encourage them to do or whether it's something that Raymond mm-hmm. try. But but to me, you know, that that's like almost like the defining sound of the album. That kind of under undercurrent of Kind of you know dirty fuzz guitar almost you know and then Raymond going mad with a slide you know but yeah take yeah. Stops is, a, is a belter you know and the violins in it as well isn't there the nice kind of when it gets to that kind of um, I think it's obviously John McCusker who you know played the violins or did this, who does all the strings there's a lot of kind yeah. of section in there when you listen you know it's interesting the production because. Um, uh, yeah, I've listened, you know, listened to the album a couple of times this week. Just, you know, obviously the podcast is coming up, and you're right. You know, there's a lot of fuzz guitar. The mm. bass on it is really it, the, the, the 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 bass is is great. I mean, the bass is really quite high in the mix yeah. as well. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. Really, totally agree. Yeah, totally. and and uh, it's it's, it's it, 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 if anything, I think you know that you know. It's pretty obvious that the guitar band, the guitars and the bass are really good. But you know, I think the the, the, the bass the, the bass lines are pretty great. You know, it's on the mind. Yeah. Got great bass lines, great bass lines on time stops. Um, 
what's next? Uh, nowhere. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, got some walking baseline. So, so you know, some good basses. It's quite funny. Um, you know, it's a great album. I always, I always love records that have got bass and the drums high in the mix. And that's you know, you know, growing up listening to the Beatles. The Beatles always have the drums and the bass higher. And it's, you know, and, and it's quite funny because I was listening to the album and I was switching to like paperback writer and early Beatles. I was comparing the. I was being a bit nerdy and. You know what? It's just, John, bring the bass drum up a wee bit for me, please. You know, but you know, I, you know but it's funny you say that because you know, the, you know, the very I know we're kind of really jumping, but the way that you know the very last track in the album, you know, don't hide, which is, um, you know, the, the bass is a way up, and and I, and I, I was thinking, it's almost like I kind of Paul McCartney kind of psychedelic, and I was thinking like Rain, you know, the track Rain, and it's almost like you know that kind of feel to the bass, almost it's played. You know, really kind of high, and it's way up in the mix as well. But I was thinking exactly the same thing as well. It's funny you say paperback writer, which is obviously the other side of rain. You know, yeah, uh, I'm I'm a member of this uh, Beatles um, Facebook group called Nothing Is Real, and someone was just laughing. It was like every time the Beatles get remastered, Paul McCartney's bass seems to be turned up, you know, mm-hmm. even more, you know, because he's he must be he must be involved in it a little bit, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great track and another a great uh, lyric. And it, I think is um, there is more to learn than I aim for, which is just you know like he's he's quite happy with his life, you know he knows there's more, but he's he's, he's quite happy. Time stops, you know he's just quite quite chilled. It's a great, great <laughs> song, man, Murray. Any you like that? I love a good lyric. I love a good lyric. Um, and Jerry's Jerry just fires him out. You know, it's almost like. Throws them away. It's funny what the, the um, next track, like nowhere, is like. Um, to me, it's like. Uh, I, again, it's another one where Jerry's bass is a way up in the mix as well. You know, it's a Raymond song, nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a way up in the time. Do you know what it kind of reminds me of? I know we, we, I know it's really bad to compare bands to other bands or other sounds, but it's really hard to not do that sometimes. I do all the time. <laughs> certain sections of, uh, of 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 nowhere that sound remind me of like. You know, kind of early kind of postcard bands, and you know the, the kind of guitar is quite kind of sparse. There's very few kind of you know kind of pedals or effects going on. You know, and it's almost like a kind of real lo-fi kind of stripped down, orange juicy type kind of feel to you know to certain you know sections of the song. You know, um, so so they just you know it seemed like a natural kind of segue into the next kind of the next. Yeah, I know. And t- we're talking about the guitar solos and, and the sounds that Raymond gets out of his guitars. And I wonder how much he works in his guitar solos in advance. You know, how many, you know, is, is, is some of it just like on the spot he comes up with and, and improvises or, you know, Jinky works out quite a bit in advance. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. But, you know, see what you think, see what obviously we've, we've all seen them live umpteen times and his guitar solos are always pretty much following, you know, the way that they're, the, the the albums are you know so I would imagine that probably he probably does work on them you know and they yeah. are you know kind of an integral part of the song rather than them just kind of going off in one you know um, yeah. maybe I don't know I I'd never thought about it until you said that actually because uh, I, I I wrote down when I was listening back to the album again this week it's a really inventive guitar solo and it kind of breaks down and yeah it's it's mm. It's, uh, it's it's a really good it's kind of circular riff through the song and then the guitar so he's just he's just in great form in this album Raymond. He is no we might come back you know I'm jumping the gun again but uh, born under a good sign you know we can talk about that later but again you know mm-hmm. there's some great guitar work on that as well you know. Uh, I, 
I, I so can fall on leaves as well. You know, there's, I mean, there's, there's loads, there's loads of great, great, great guitar solos, great guitar riffs on it. You know, definitely, no, de- definitely, definitely. And then um, after after that, we've got uh, Jerry Love again with with uh, Save. Mm-hmm. Um, it's four on the floor yeah. again, isn't it? You know. Yeah, he's he's kind of going for it in, in this um, album, Jerry. It's because I guess some of the, you know, like Howdy and um, you know songs from Northern Britain, it's maybe a little bit. These songs are more reflective, it's not yeah, slow, yeah. but sl- slower, you know. And yeah, and this album seems to be going for it a bit more. The, the pace picks up on that one, doesn't it? Because it's like you know, it's you know, almost kind of doubles in pace. It'd be interesting to do. I mean, I I don't listen to it enough, but he can analyze you know what the beats per minute, and then it goes to like the you know the bridge or whatever or the the pre-chorus or the chorus, but it, it kind of doubles in pace, and then that four on the floor kind of banging, you know, kind of you know comes in. Um, but you know, I, that's a great sign. Again, strings on that as well. Obviously, strings weren't recorded in Chicago or whatever they were recorded it. I think it was Raymond's place or whatever, or you know, Ken 19 or something. But it was, um, well, John McCusker didn't get to go to Chicago, yeah, exactly. They're definitely on a budget, couldn't afford to take their car. They could only afford two bunk beds and steerage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it, it, there's, there's a real 60s vibe about that song as well. I mean, we've talked yeah. about it is. Northern, you know, sort of soul, northern soul influences as well, but the chord structure and save, and also, as I say, coming later on, Born Under Good Sense, a real sort of San Francisco 60s, just the chords, the chord changes are quite, you know, the verse was saved, and Born Under a Good Sign, which is the, such a great, that's a great title, yeah, great yeah, title for a song as well. But, but, but yeah, real sort of 60s vibes, you know, where it's, um, it's, uh, do you know what I like about Jerry, Jerry, Sorry, that I like about Save is again it's a slide, the slide guitar, but it sounds as though it's like um, I can't help playing it, but I know it's not, but it's almost like a kind of Hawaiian, you know, kind of like steel pedal steel or something like that. It's got that real wow, you know, it's a real kind of high pitch slide. It sounds sounds great, you know. It sounds like nothing like they've done before or since, you know. It's yeah, and I think that's why this this album stands out for for me. It does sound kind of detached almost it's almost like the, the kind of you know it stands alone after the creation and the, the sony stuff and then before the the, the, the kind of later day stuff you know and yeah it's just, it's, it sounds very fresh and i, I don't oh, know if that's the whole chicago it's thing and, much, yeah I, i'm going to say something quite talk, you know kind of controversial but on, on this on this track i would love to have had paul quinn drumming, drumming on this track i think paul quinn's you know little kind of pickups and fills that he would do you know, I think it would lend itself better to, you know, the track save rather than, you know, kind of Francis's drumming. But I think Paul's is a lot crisper and it would suit that, you know, kind of real up-tempo sections of the songs. I would have loved to have Paul sing that, Paul play that. Again, I mean, I think a lot of it is to do with the production as well. Kind of what I was saying before, in some of the songs, I mean, you know, I don't know anything about production really, but if the drums are just a little bit higher in the mix than some of the songs, it would make mm-hmm. give them a little bit more dynamic. You know that you're, you're, that you're mentioning, but it might be just a, it might be just a, you bring them up slightly. You know, and I, I just think that yeah. those, the, the drummers kind of signatures. You can tell Paul's kind of you know kind of drum signatures and things like that. You know, those little kind of rolls and pickups and fills, and I think it's, it's more I've got you know about that. You know that kind of. There's a great Motown documentary standing in the shadows of Motown, and like one of the, the Motown yeah. drummers 
sits and, it, and it, he's sitting in his basement and he's playing drums and he's saying, this is how Benny Benjamin played. I pick it up and he goes, do, 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 do. And then he does like, you know, the, the pick up of Pete Pistol Davis or something like that, which is, and he, you can tell that there's these signatures. And I just kind of got to thinking about that little part in the documentary and I was thinking, man, that would be great if Paul was doing those little, because I think his little kind of pick up signatures would have been, or little drum fill signatures would have been great for that song in particular. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. But, but uh, then, so yeah, I do like Francis Heath, okay? That's as well. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then um, we go into Slow Fade, uh, Norman tune, and they kind of just absolutely blast through this. Uh, it's a real favourite. I mean, it's, it's under two minutes, but I think it's just, it kind of harks back to, to probably earlier fan club stuff, you know, because it's just got that rawness to it and energy. Uh-huh. It's like a refined very it's 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 what it's 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 quite funny because like it's, it's it's not the vocals are totally different but it's the same energy as like fade away by oasis but it's it's actually got a tune and they actually sing it you know it's, it's <laughs> I, whenever i hear it and the, the word fade, I, I do wonder whether they've heard fade away by oasis though actually i'm going to write, I'm gonna write a decent version <laughs> of that you know <laughs> I think this could come straight off a Catholic education almost, you know. Just maybe just a bit more polished, but uh, it could almost yeah. be on there. You know, I was playing earlier on today, it was, it was the, the second Undertones album, right? And just by, by, you know, by chance, and I, I got thinking about, um, about Slow Fade, and I thought, oh God, I, I'd love to hear Fergal Sharkey doing a cover on the Undertones. You know, I wish they'd done, you know, been around to do a cover of Slow Fade, because I think it would have fitted... Exactly. Or them with the bus called Pete Shelley singing or something like that. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. It would fit straight in, you know. I don't think there would be any. That's kind of punk okay. pop, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ooh, energy yeah, yeah. Do they play that? Do they play that live in their sets anymore? I mean, not anymore, but I, but I do remember them playing it. It'd be a great tune. I mean, they should. Oh, it'd be a great tune. Back in here, actually. Good shout, Alan. I th- did um, Daniel Johnson cover that? Did he do a cover of oh, it? Wow. I, know the, I know the BMX Bandits did a cover of it, didn't they? Oh, yes. did they? Yeah, a, that a, well. a slow version, a real slow version. Actually. Well, the BMX yeah. Bandits did a version of Slow Fade? Slow Fade, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I just wonder if Daniel Johnson did it as well. I might just get confused <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Johnson. Oh, no. Slower Fade. Slower Fade. Slower Fade. Slower, more faded. Not coming up immediately in Google. Sure. There you go. And then um, we talked about Only With You in the last podcast. It is a yeah. bit of a reading masterpiece. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. so considerate. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I think it's definitely my favourite, uh, definitely my, I think my favourite reading song. And uh, again, um, I, I, I think it, it's just uh, it's just such a well put together song. Great. No, and again, you know, the the, the, the the whole, the whole way it's put together. So to me, it's like a little ticking clock. Oh, in his, in his bed it's like a metronome, isn't it? Just the way it's, 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 it's exactly. No, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like a ticking clock. Bang on, yeah. It's, no, but it's, it's, it's you know, we joked about this last time about his, his big house, whatever it is. But you know, in my mind, when I listen to that, driving home from work in the dark, and it's on and it's loud, mm. and it's just ticking away, and it's, it's like it's, 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 it's archetypal. Song where you're sort of sitting in your your you're alone sitting in your your bedroom and the clock's ticking in the background and you're a bit depressed and it's it, get, it gets that so you're absolutely spot on 
And then it's got the fading outro, which is just classic. The, 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 the piano. <laughs> great bass yeah. on it. Well, it's another one where they get the bass is up. You know, it's this lovely, you know, kind of bass, you know, kind of playing, which is, again, unlike anything that really kind of happened before or, or has happened since, you know, it's, um, mm -hmm. you know, Jerry's bass on it is, you know, sounds amazing. Again, you know, it's like mm -hmm. again, we talked about Raymond, like maybe improvising his guitar while he's recording. Jink, Jerry, maybe the freedom in that different environment to, to do that kind of thing. Or, maybe it was encouraged, just, speculating, speculating, but mm. maybe encouraged that's, that's probably a better, you know, by, by the producer, you know, because you know, you've got to think what is the uh, what is the uh, the, 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 the factor that what's different in this album, you know, and why is Jerry's bass like that? You know, it's the only album that's ever been produced by John McIntyre, so it might be a feature of his, you know, that's one of his kind of signatures, you know, kind of sonic signatures, is that, you know, the bass is a way up and encouraging people to kind of, uh, you know, kind of do something creative with the bass rather than just being like a, you know, kind of keeping in time, you know, or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, no, it's... it's keeping time, but you know what I mean? It's like... Um, a different, a different type of bass playing in, in some of the tracks. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. Mm. And then mm -hmm. I think we touched on cells in the, in the last podcast briefly. We didn't go into it to detail. And I think it's, it's, it's one of the, there's quite a few standouts in this album, I think. But, but for me, this is a, a bit of a standout. Just the whole feel to it, the production. Norman's voice is, 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 is excellent on it. It's, it's just got a real, I don't know, it's got depth to it. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, kind of real kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, again, it's one of these really mature songs again, you know, it's, it's such a well-crafted, well-put-together, not just the, you know, the, the lyrics, but, the, you know, the, the guitar and the way that, the, you know, the song kind of builds, you know, throughout as well, and the way it kind of, kind of fades out as well, there's just like, you know, the, the, the guitar kind of builds up and then, you know, the electric guitar builds up and then it kind of fades out to just like subtle kind of picking towards the end and yeah. almost like the cells, you know, kind of, Breaking down, you know that's yeah. A bit I mean, it's not it's not a typical teenage fan club song, you know. And no, it's not. It's it's and you know and you know I I I, I you know there's not there shouldn't be such a thing as a typical teenage fan club song, and I love <laughs> teenage fan club songs, mm. but it's it's very different to what's gone before, you know. It's, yeah. You know, it's you know it's not um it's not you know you wouldn't you, know, you, you wouldn't fight you know there's nothing like on songs in northern britain or band wagon s or folk pop it's kind of got that folk pop kind of you know yeah. very acoustic yeah because um, the verses are just two lines there's only three verses they're, they're both just two lines and the rest of it is really just the the breaking down cells breaking down and mm, but i think it's just yeah. the way it's delivered it's the melody's so strong and the performance is so so strong it's yeah it, it, it they're all more to the grave yeah mm, yeah exactly it's it's, it's, it's it's like a it can, yeah it's kind of i don't know it, it takes me back to the kind of i don't know just when i was growing up and my, my dad my dad my mum my dad was doing a lot of, sort of folk scottish folk music you know and had all these records mm. and you know that it's the kind of thing you, you know some guy you know, a couple of guys in the, in the back of a pub in Dunfermline or Glasgow would be playing late on a Saturday night you know and everyone would be staring out of the pints thinking about you know yeah I can imagine <laughs> yeah. yeah. that as well you know I mean my dad was a big kind of folky amongst other things as well he used to go to a, like a, a you know a, a kind of folk club in the star club in Glasgow you know and you know, there, there, there's lots of guys with beards that drank real ale who, who would, 
you know, kind of, you know, sing kind of songs, kind of quite like that, you know, and you know, crafted, mm. um, you know, real kind of. I don't know what the term is, but it's a really hard song to define, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, yeah, right, and and it is, it's it is quite non-teenage fan clubby in that sense. It's you yeah. know, if, if that's a, I guess that's a song. If it came on the radio, you wouldn't immediately yeah pin that down as as teenage fan club. Yeah, and, and that's quite the whole feeling about decay, you know, throughout that song is you know quite quite strong as well. Even the way that the the, the music is actually constructed, you know, I think it's um, mm-hmm. kind of and then fades away again. You know, it's quite. I, I think I'd quite like to hear a Norman album of stuff like that. You know, I think yeah, a, a, a Norman Blake solo album of basically him and maybe someone else. But you know, I mean, he's obviously done the New Mendicants and he's done Johnny, but. Both of them have been very strongly influenced by the other songwriter. You know, yeah. I'd love yeah. to. I'd love to. Fair point. Have a hear a Norman a Norman solo folk folk acoustic album. I think that would a, be a bona solo album. You know, a bona, you know rather than you know a, another you know kind of um, oh, side project. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think that um, even you know I think I think he's he's very he's he's known fan club albums are very collaborative. You know. Joe mm. Pranice uh, very much shines through in the Mendicants as does Eros and the Johnny stuff, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I'd, I'd be really keen to hear him explore that side of his songwriting. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, true. Yeah, yeah. Again, another Teenage Fan Club song for this album that's been covered as well. Covered by oh, Juliana Hatfield. Juliana Hatfield, thank you. It was on the tip of my tongue then, yeah. Evan Bandu did it as well, did it, or is it just. I, th- I think he's done well, it with yeah. her, yeah. Yeah. The the cover version. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. let's let's not lower the tone. Um, a version, a version. A part, yes. Um, and then the next the well, next song, uh, <laughs> the next song, man made. Um, we covered in the last podcast, feel, which um, Barry and I were both thinking of choosing. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of slugging it out there to <laughs> to get that one. Mm-hmm. It feels another good one, isn't it? Um, it's, again, it's like you know, some of the lyrics and feel are, are kind of remind me of like kind of something that Jerry would like. That, that right, there's things about you know the, the sun, feeling the sun, and you know the uh, taking straight lines, and you know kind of you know following the night line. You know, there's all these those kind of uh, different you know kind of uh, you know tracks on it. You know, oh no, hang on, I've got the wrong song. No, no, no that's the right song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> and as it's quite, it's quite upbeat for for, for Raven. Yeah. Not that he's. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. Though. It is. It is. Oh. Yeah. Feel the sunshine. Yeah. That was it, wasn't it? That's one yeah. of the lines for the song. And it's, uh, to me, sun and light and things like that. It's and traveling and straight lines. It's all, it's all like Jerry stuff, you know, in my head, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Jerry Bingo. Yeah. Like sunshine. <laughs> 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 Blue train. Got it. Bingo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because um, it, it, get, it gets to that point in the song where he, it, the, the bit that you're just talking about, and it's almost like he's like, oh, this is, this is good, and he just keeps yeah. it going. And yeah, exactly. it's, it's a trick that Ra- Raymond does in quite a number of his songs. He gets this little refrain or, 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 or chorus or whatever, and, 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 he, and he just keeps it going, and it just flows so beautifully. It's, it's, that's, it's, a that's, a, that's a guitarist writing songs for you. guys, I've got this riff. I've got this riff, it's a good riff. Let's just keep it going. Let's just keep it going, let's keep it going. You know that kind of, uh, that, that guitar lift, oh, oh, hang on. 
We've got 10 minutes left, so... We'll, no, actually, we'll, we're okay for time, because it says that um, the time limit's been removed. All right, oh, good. We can keep good going, so. then. Bonus. Good Friday bonus. Um, I was going to say that the little kind of guitar riff that's in that, you know, that kind of peppers, you know, you know, different parts of the song. It always reminds me of, like, anytime I hear it, it's like some 70s uh, consumer rights TV show or something like that, you know, that kind of... <laughs> Richard, fronted by Richard Still. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look north, you know, or look north. Somebody walking through a 70s shopping arcade and stopping outside Granada, you know, TV rentals. And <laughs> Gregory's playing football and looking at the girls. <laughs> Maybe you mentioned it. <laughs> I would never have picked up on that at all. Um, and, and talking of uh, some of you know Jerry's themes, I guess, are, are just throughout his, his, his songwriting and, and Fallen Leaves. He's got he talks of the overground and the golden golden glow and you Blue know trains. the night, yeah, and landing lights and a passing plane. We've all looked at a, pay, a plane flying over and wondered where it's been and looked at the land and oh. all that kind of stuff you know it's, it's great. particularly now we, we were at the park last night you know and this this it was a beautiful sunset and this this planes flying over and the, the, the kind of jet stream behind it was, was just going all these beautiful colors and you know you know it's like i was not you kind of everyone stopped to look at it because a you don't see many planes at present you know but it just it was, it was so nice and and you forget that you know even over a year ago, when planes were, were common in the skies, you would still stop and look at them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. But so yes. leaves, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a good choice. The production and it's the guitars in it are great too. It's got the, this is where I'm going to pick the wrong song, but it's got the sort of chinky guitars, ching, ching, and then the guitar solo just bursts out as well. It's fantastic. You know, it's a great kind of cranks up the volume of the guitar solo. Is that, that, Very that, simple that, riff, but yeah, does that underline does that underline kind of fuzz guitar theme again that's happening and yeah. and because the most kind of predominant sound is that that kind of organ sound or the you know the the, the I don't know what keyboard it is to be honest that you know that kind of you know piano kind of riff that goes all the way through you know but um mm-hmm. the, you know, the, but the, the fuzz is like underneath you know the, the the main kind of you know kind of melody part of the song or the main kind of structure part of the song you know but it's great yeah. it's great. Great chord changes as well, you know. Yeah. Were you going to say money? Sorry. Uh, uh, and it, it came out as a single as as well, Fallen mm-hmm. Leaves. And the, we were talking about the video before we we started recording. It's just this, you know, cool kid skateboarding in Kelvin Grove Park in the sunshine. It's just it kind of fits perfectly, I think, with the. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a very sort of um, it's a very it's a West End, you know, Fallen Leaves. The imagery of the video, you know, you, I can you kind of associate with the pastels as well, and Kelvin Grove in yeah. the West End of Glasgow, and it's very much it's a very Glasgow indie scene kind of vibe to it. It's very summery feel with the song as well, and you know, it's, yeah, it's, and, I, and I think that's um, a lot that comes out in so many of Jerry's songs. He talks about trains and the underground and sub subway to the stage. Yeah, travel. You know, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I guess staying, you know, I think Jerry stays in the West End of Glasgow, but you know, it's, you can escape to the Highlands quite easily, but you've also got this, you know, the, the best of the city in your, your doorstep. And I think uh-huh. I would probably think about it quite a lot too, if, if uh-huh. I stayed in part of the world, you know. 
But it's true, it's, it's kind of, it does, it evokes, it evokes Glasgow and that part of Glasgow and that. It, it does. And, and, you know, Kevin Grove Park, you know, the... One of the words that we used in the last podcast to describe Jerry's songs where they've got this kind of shimmering quality, and I think this is one of the ones that has that shimmering kind of, you know, kind of dusky kind of summery, you know, kind of quality to it as well, you know. I don't know if it's just that the video kind of sets that off as well, you know, because... But yeah, it's... Yeah, but a lot of his songs do... He uses a lot of imagery in them, you know. Usually, when was then? When when did Lightship's album come out again? Was that that was two thousand and? It's about seven years ago or something. Like that, wasn't it? Seven years ago. Fourteen, two thousand thirteen or fourteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Fourteen, yeah, about seven years ago. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Second production, isn't it? Really. As yeah. Yeah. And in the last podcast, we talked about like cool song titles as well, and some of the ones on on Manmade are you know they're they're one or two words, but Fallen Leaves is quite a cool yeah, you know, I, I, just, I, like, I like I like the punny. I, I, I like the TV. I like the, the pun. I like the, the Neil Young, Neil Young sort of a, and I like Burn Under Good Sign as well. I, I like the punny ones. You yeah. know, can you send me? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, but, um, awesome. great. we'll definitely do a, a B sides podcast at some point. Um, but it's, 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 it's a good thing about the because I was thinking about the titles because um, we'll come on to about you know things like, like flowing. You know, it's a great song. Yeah, but it's it's a one one word title. You know. One word. Come on, guy! You know, the song speaks for itself, you know. But it's you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is. Uh, I think you know we talked about sales and a different side of Norman's song. I mean, this is maybe more classic Norman Blake, and he's just he's lost in the melodies. And flowing's great because he is, and I think he's you know just flowing with the song. And I, I love the line, "Everything I want's within my grasp. It's time to nail my colours to the mast." Yeah. But the strings in it are, are beautiful, yeah, and it's, strings are great in this one, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very reflective song, but yeah. he's kind of wanting to move forward as well. And there, there, there's different strings on this as well. I don't know if it's like a, uh, you know, there's obviously a violin going on, you know, but I don't know if it's like a, a cello or something. It, it definitely sounds like not just one, you know, kind of stringed, you yeah. know, kind of instrument as well. You know, it does get that, you know, quite kind of a, uh, you know, kind of luxurious feel of having kind of strings added in. Yes. You know what I think about this song as well? I think it's the first evidence of this style of song from Norman. Because if you look at, you know, uh, flowing, you, you can see there's almost like kind of de- direct relations in the subsequent albums, you know, things like Dark Clouds and um, uh, When I'm Still With Thee. To me, it's almost, it feels as though it's like a same kind of vibe all the way kind of through, you know, each of those yeah. you know, types of songs. So, but to me, Man Made is, is a first, uh, sorry, flowing, and Man Made is the first album with that kind of style of writing, you know, that, that Norman had. You know, it's it's, it's more cla- classical, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. I would say so. It's, it's okay to say that with hindsight. You know, we were listening to Man, you know, Man Made for the first time. We didn't realise this. But, but kind of in retrospect, you know, kind of looking back and looking at the, you know, the songs and, you know, the, the, the subsequent albums, you can see there is a definite kind of feel to you know, this is like a Norman song for sure. You know, it's got like that rubber stamp of. I mean, it's it's songwriter. I mean, he's um, he has been of the three songwriters. He's probably the most autobiographical in terms of his lyrics. I, I mean, I think I think Jerry Jerry's songs Jerry's songs tend to be more about a, a vibe. You know, it's more like a this is a feeling. It's more of a vibe. Whereas you know, Norman, I don't want control of you or. 
and did I see or not pulling or you know, yeah. you, you do get a feeling you're, you're getting a little bit more of a view into his soul a wee bit, you know, in terms of yeah. And I think, I mean, I think Raymond's songs are like that as well because so many of them start with I and then he just, mm. I, I. <laughs> and then he just goes off, you know. Uh, but yeah, Norman, I, I think, you know, in this, he, he does kind of wear his heart on his sleeve a little bit, you know. But the, the construction uh, of this song, just, musically as well, rather than just, you know, the song, but the, the strings are fantastic. And then there's like a really right. weird kind of fuzzy outro you know, towards, you know, the, the, the end of the song as well, you know, it's, um, again, you know, picking back and, you know, what I, what I, you know, what I feel is, you know, throughout the album, that kind of fuzz, fuzzy guitar, you know, kind of sound, you know, that dirty kind of fuzz guitar, it kind of, the, the song kind of ends with it. And I don't think if from memory, you know, it's actually participates in the main body of the song, it just seems to be at the end, if I, if I remember correctly, anyway, you know. Yeah, that's great. And then, Alan, you've been wanting to talk about Born Under a, a Good Sign, since <laughs> It's got the, the first two lines are brilliant as well. I was born under a good sign. I was raised in the sunshine. Jerry Bingo, sunshine. It's just yeah. sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just brilliant, you know. But it's just, a, it's a, and it's, it also, um, it also talks about playing fives in it as well. Oh, yeah. uh, funny, funny, just when you were talking about the last song being autobiographical, autobiographical this is like him just talking about we're playing fives on a sunday going to my mom and dad's for tea and stuff like that but because it's so it's really fast paced isn't it i think it's quite eight miles high oh yeah the the solo is like eight miles high you know the the guitar it's almost like you know it's just you know um you know raymond's been off in one and you know just you know so been listening to the buds for ages you know and it's just yeah i don't it's Jefferson Airplane wants somebody to love into eight miles high. That's that, that's what I always think about because the, the verse quite oh, yes. high praise indeed. I would say <laughs> to, to me but it's, the verse it's the, the, again. It's like sixty San Francisco. You're dodging the Manson family, you know, just to yeah. go and play fives on a Sunday. It's just that's it's, it's a great tune. Oh, it's a, it's a brilliant. Tune. I mean, not again. Not that you hear this live unless Jerry plays it with light ships, but. But you know, hearing this kind of song live is brilliant. Because to me, I think if you, um, if somebody played you a track and it was on like a, you know, a, a cassette and it was really fuzzy and it was really bad sound and it was like a third generation kind of copy and said, oh, this is like this band, you know, from like you know, I don't know, like Atlanta, you know, and it was a real proper garage band, you know, and they were really in the, you know, kind of played the the, the you know the Athens college circuit and all that kind of stuff. It would be like. You would say, yeah, that's like a sixties, you know, kind of garage classic, you know. And but then you go, no, it was actually written in like two thousand and five, you know, but a guy from yeah, Hull, you know what I mean. So yeah, and I, I did when I was listening back to the album, I listened to this song a few times in a row just because I, 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 it kind of leaps out, doesn't it? But I yeah. did, type, you know, it's over quite quickly. But it's got a one minute forty five outro, just the the band jamming and Raymond going crazy in his guitar, it's... There's a really, yeah. there's a really weird thing that, that I, I assume John McIntyre's doing on the piano, and it's just like playing like two kind of sets of notes, just in repetition, mm-hmm. and it's almost like yeah. off-tempo. It's almost like, I don't know, like Thelonious Monk or something like that, it's just like this kind of off-tempo kind of ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, you know, it's this, and you think, oh man, it's like a different, when you, when you, when you listen to it, it's like, 
a different song that he's listening to his earphones or something, you know, and he's been on. It works brilliantly, you know. Yeah. No, it's just great. And then the album ends with um, Raymond Dinley's Don't Hide, mm. which I've written it's a bit of a, a kind of lush lullaby and his, his vocals really nice and tender in this, I think. I think he gets a, it's one of his best vocals for me. Uh, one of his strongest albums, actually, I think, Raymond's Song for Song, I think, man made as well. I think it's a great track to end, end the album with as well. It's a great way yeah. of you know, kind of winding it down, you know. A, a, yeah. a kind of slow start. And again, there's that Paul McCartney kind of style bass that Jerry's doing, you know, through it as well, really, really high up in the mix. But I think it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, in terms of the sequencing of this album, it's, it's, it's brilliant. You know, it starts off fantastic and yeah. ends great as well. You know, it's, it's a great track to end on. Great closing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love the. Sorry, I've talked about lyrics tonight. Uh, I didn't know that my life was wrong until the right person came along. It's just. <laughs> it's so simple, but it, it's like genius. Classic Raymond. Classic Raymond. Totally genius song, I see another thing as well. See if you were to take away Raymond's lyrics completely, it would sound like a Mogwai track. No, next thing you play it, you know, just kind of try and. You know, back like I, listen back to it, it's almost like I can add Mogwai. Soundtrack type, you know, uh, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like something off Lee Revenant or something like that, or, you know. But it sounds almost like kind of Mogwai ish in a way. And I, I don't think they were trying to do it, but I think it's just like this kind of, oh, maybe a West of Scotland thing, you know. I just, but yeah, it sounds great to me. I need to listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, no, I'm glad that we, 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 we took the time to go back and, and, and review this album because I guess it's maybe a bit more overlooked. You know, there was so much focus in the creation years. Again, and then it's coming on the back of a compilation, kind of not quite a greatest hits, but kind of a greatest hits. Mm. So it's kind of it was it was a little bit overlooked, and um, I, I don't know, especially I guess with Jerry leaving, if the band will ever. They're not really going to revisit with any focus these this album, you know. But but for for any anyone that's not listened to it, it's it's, it's a great album to go and check out. It does it's just that little bit different, I guess, from the other albums. If you shop around as well, and some of these, uh, you know, Amazon etc. Or maybe not Amazon, but you know, what's other sites? There's some really good, you know, kind of buys out there as well. It's well worth adding to your collection for sure. You know, especially if you get the one with the extra single on it as well. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're wanting to talk about the B-sides, Harry, as well. Yeah, the B-sides, yeah, the B-sides needs, need mentioning, you know, please stay, come on, it's just like one of the best, most complete, you know, kind of perfect little pop songs ever, you know, it's just, ah, oh, it's just a slice of, you know, kind of Jerry perfection, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely brilliant, you know. It's interesting, because I, I didn't have the, I didn't have the seven inch, but I was very aware of that, you know, because... I was surprised when you said it was a B-side. I had to rack my brains and go, please stay, what album is that from again? I thought it's not from any album. But they, I'm very familiar because they play it a lot live, I think, or I've heard it, I've heard it a lot, you know. Do you know what it was on as well? It was on, remember the Scotland and Sunday Freebie album, you know, with mm-hmm. the, uh, what every woman wants, which I guess was from man-made kind of period. You know, they're yeah. uh, you know, holding the, the what every woman wants back in the Somebody sweeping their broom or something like that, you know, in the photo shoot. Oh, that's no, that's that's so, okay. That's, I had that. I had that. That's where yeah, I heard yeah. it then. Yeah. Uh, so it was on. It was on. That's where I heard it. Yeah, but please stay is absolutely brilliant. It's like you know, we're just kind of talking, kind of, kind of, you know, earlier on. It's to me, it's like a you know, Jerry's been listening to the Go Betweens non-stop, and then went into the studio and 
Because the rest of the sound's just absolutely great, you know? Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's, it, I mean, the first time I heard it, and, you know, I guess when I hadn't heard it for a while, and, and we played it maybe at the bandstand or something like that, and I was thinking, is that, you know, I, I was thinking, that, is that a cover version? It just seemed to sound so Recorded perfect. in Manhattan as well. I thought, so yeah. they, well, certainly that, I think, was definitely recorded in, in Hamilton rather than Chicago, so... I don't know whether it was before or after, you know, man-made. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was pretty sure it was recorded in Chem 19, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that would probably have been, because it was a B-side, so that would probably have been recorded. After. Well, who knows, actually? You don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you would imagine after, wouldn't you? Because it's almost yeah. like a standalone, you know, kind of track. You know, it doesn't follow the, yeah. it doesn't follow the same kind of feeling that the rest of the album's got. You know, it's like a kind of standalone. Yeah track it you know by itself and then the, the other b-side was i know you got a straight hang on falling oh, leaf yeah. leaf falling yeah. leaf which is a norman song wasn't it so yeah so you got fallen yeah. leaves is the a side and falling leaf is a the b-side i can't remember yeah. which recorded i may have been having as well i don't know somebody will correct us no doubt if they leave comments i suppose i suppose the, i suppose the thing is you know please stay if if you had please stay on the album, what Jerry song would you not have on the album? I mean, yeah, that's that's a bonus, isn't it? Getting getting that, you know. So yeah. you know, I'm just thinking, where would that? You know, what would you put that? You know, what would you? I, I don't know if that fit. I think you're right. If whether it was recorded before or after it, it doesn't quite fit on the album. I don't think. Maybe it's certainly not in that style. Maybe, and who knows what it would have sounded like with John McIntyre producing? It might have sounded completely different. That, I think so because time, time time stops is a great second track. I do think that, um, you know, I yeah. think you're not going to lose Fallen Leafs and then you've got to keep him born under a good sign just because it's got such a great title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it spice. Yeah, no, yeah, playing fives on a Sunday. Um, yeah, it, sounds, I, it sounds different to everything else. Is that because, it, are, we, are we kind of understating that, you know, John McIntyre's influence on this album then? Because it doesn't sound like the rest of the tracks, or it doesn't have that same feeling. more a stamp on the album than did they perhaps realise. I, I, I think he does. I, I, I think that there's not that many articles online about Man Made or even reviews. I guess in you know, 2005, the internet was certainly out there and stuff like that. But I guess again, maybe the album wasn't quite. I mean, you know, they were playing Mother Civic Centre in, in you know, a small venue in Falkirk, maybe. You know, the what was going on at the time? What I mean, was it weren't quite maybe, around at that time? Do, yeah, do maybe, maybe they weren't quite as in the eye as they had been, you know, and, and it probably, again, that probably suited oh, them. They didn't have the weight of, you know, the, the, the big promotion machine behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I get it. I, 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 I think from, from the reviews and articles I've read, it sounds like he gave them a lot of freedom, but, you know, yeah. I guess just the wee, the, wee, the wee tweaks and suggestions and maybe the the equipment he had has, has created this kind of sound and we've talked a lot about the feel of some of the songs as well and just, you know, a, a big thing for this album for me as well is it kind of established it's almost like putting a mark on the ground but each for all three of them seen you know, a kind of writing styles for the subsequent albums yeah. um and it's almost like you know you can really see them starting to split into raymond's i mean you always had raymond songs norman songs and jerry songs but to me yeah. they're still writing songs kind of like what they wrote on Man Made, oh. Man Made is the first one where you can actually, if you if you go backwards, you know, kind of forensically look backwards and you see this is where it started, you know, this is where, you know, Jerry started, you know, kind of, and, and this kind of feel and, you know, Norman started in that kind of 
more of a kind of folky feel and Raymond mm. started with these kind of mature you know, kind of reflection songs or whatever, I don't know. It's yeah. interesting because they, they, they went on to do Shadows next as well. But yeah. that's a, a, I'd argue it's a different sounding record, you know, I think. I think so. Mm. I think um, the production, certainly Norman's, you know, Norman's songs are on Shadows slightly, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of, the whole thing's just got a different feel, you know, yeah, Shadow. It does. Which is I'm, just trying, I'm just having a finger on what it is, but it does, it's certainly... I think song for song, uh, man-made, is as good as anything, you know? Uh, you know, there's not a bad song on it, and I think, you know, there's some, mm. some career highs for, for them all on there, you know? Mm. It's a uh, the, the trouble is, when you're talking about... And there's a few people I follow on Twitter and they're trying, they're, just now they're saying, oh, they pick a band and try and work out their best albums and stuff. And I think it's really hard to do that for Teenage Fan Club because they've got so many really strong albums. It depends on how you feel, doesn't it? You know, what, what, what your yeah, thoughts are at a moment, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, cool. So um, that, that is yeah. the end, the, the second Teenage Fan Club, fan club uh, podcast. We'll need to decide what we're going to, Talk about next time. Maybe, maybe the new album, I guess, by the time we get around to doing the next one. Um, we'll uh, do the late before Tim's listening party. Getting <laughs> <laughs> there first. A thunderstorm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was great, great to, to, to see and speak to you guys again. And we'll, we'll come back on and have a wee leather afterwards. Yep. I'm going to get another beer. Yeah, me too. I'm going to get another beer. Team five.